So, off pod, I'm going to share a picture with you. Not that picture. Not your dick pic. You sent me that already. Not the dick pic. Welcome to Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing podcast and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy and I am your Dungeon Master. I'm Jack. I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who is probably in medically induced shock right about now after the conclusion of where we left Felix. And I guess just kind of tying into where we are at the moment, Felix has been to a number of places on his travels around the poker world, but he's never been somewhere quite like the Sequoia Underground. I am a big fan of the Sequoia Underground. It's. Uh, I was thinking back on it, the uh, the vibes it was putting out were very cooly. They're very. It's a very cooly place to live. Now, some of you eagle-eared listeners, do eagles have ears? No. <laughs> I think they must do. Some of you big-eared listeners, might be wondering where's chuck or chris and we fired him from the pod he's gone goodbye he's gone we've been trying for ages no he had his episode last time so this episode we're going to focus on felix and his journey in the tower if you're just joining us and you're like what's felix doing in the tower you need to go back and listen to some of the other episodes because this is going to be a spoiler heavy (laughs) if you've not listened to some stuff as with every new app really it's gonna be spoiler heavy for me as well i've got no idea what's going on right you ready I guess so. I guess. Do I need to do a recap? I could do a recap. Do, do, a, do a little one to, to set the scene, mainly for me. So I'll recap. The last episode that you were with, Chuck, you went into the Sequoia City Underground after meeting Flash, and he was like, dude, the city's fucked. Come and see the real city. And he took you underground, and there was, like, marketplaces, and, like, you're like, everybody's sort of gone into hiding underground. You did some shopping. You bought some stuff. Some very cool stuff. Some very cool stuff. And then you went to a place called The Pits, and in The Pits, it was like it was basically Fight Club you're not meant to say that I know don't tell people I'm not supposed to talk about it but it was basically Fight Club but with a special rule and that was that when you're fighting Pokemon could attack trainers and if your trainer got knocked out or the Pokemon got knocked out that's how you lost so you had a fight with two people in the pits unfortunately you got a bit battered by I think it was an Aerodactyl I sure did and then Boom revolved into a Charizard and managed to beat the other two Pokemon after you'd significantly wounded both of them anyway So you were dealing with your victory from that and then Blue starts walking up to you and Blue obviously you've been looking for him that's why you're in Sequoia City. Old trustworthy Blue. Our old trustworthy Blue and then as Blue's talking to you loads of smoke pops off everywhere and Blue grabs you and then everything goes a bit blank and that's where we finished well that's not where we finished but that's where we're going to finish the recap and we're going to go through so I'm going to repeat the last thing I said to you at the start of the last episode. See if you can keep it together this time. Yeah I'll try not to cry. I cry I can't believe I can't. I'm gonna to have to re-record that. Like, obviously now I've said I've cried. I probably won't have to, but I was very emotional. When I- it was about it was about two a.m. in the morning. We'd all had a few drinks, and I I'd been waiting for that moment since we started the pod. And you'll see which moment I'm talking about because I'm about to redo it. So. <gasps> A metallic slam wakes Felix. With one side of your face cold from the metal floor you're lying on, you sit up quickly, your head spinning, and you see a familiar face you did not want to see. 
Good morning, my purple-haired friend. And Elizabeth is kneeling in front of you. Two Team Nightmare grunts move over to the other side of what you now recognise as a barred cell. And they pick up someone and drag them over to the door. As Elizabeth stands up, and you see that it's Edmund that they're dragging out of the cell. Oh. Elizabeth turns back to you. Don't worry, I'll be back for you later. And she blows you a little kiss as the metal doors slam shut. After a few minutes, you hear a faint thud from outside your cell, and the door opens, and a tall man with his hood up walks in, slamming the door behind him, the purple N on his chest showing through his unzipped coat. He opens your cell door and stands there for a second. Felix, is that really you? And the man pulls his hood down to reveal short, spiky purple hair, and your mouth almost hits the floor and goes dry instantly as you gaze up at the man standing in the doorway of the cell and you recognize your father. No! Sorry. <laughs> and this is where we're going to start the episode. Okay. So, before we get your reaction, you're in a room that is composed of two equally sized cells. They're roughly about 10 foot by 15 foot and each cell's got like a toilet in the corner. Apart from that, they're both empty. Uh, the rest of the room is where, I guess you'd call it like prisoners are processed. So there's like a wooden desk in the opposite corner. And then there's like four green lockers that sort of line the wall between that desk and the door. Right, okay. That's the room you're in. Okay, cool. Felix, is that you? Uh, yeah, it's weird. I've been, since the end of the last episode, I've been thinking about how Felix would react to this. And yeah, as you say, he's just kind of stood there, mouth agape, with a, I guess, a, mo a more quizzical look on his face. He's not quite understanding what's going on, and there's a million thoughts racing through his mind about who this man is in front of him. And after what feels like an eternity, he just kind of goes, Dad, is that, is that really you? So your dad walks over to you and then bends down in front of you and starts like, he, he's basically holding your head, like making sure you're okay and checking everything. And he's just fussing. He's not answered your question. He's just fussing over you, looking at you. He's like, oh my God, look how big you are. You've changed so much. What is going on? Are you okay? And he's just sort of like checking you over, looking like holding up your arms, making sure everything's fine. And he's just being busy. He's not like, he's shocked. Okay. I guess not really comprehending the whole situation, everything that's going on, Felix kind of lets this happen for sort of 20 30 seconds and then he just kind of brushes his arms off pushes him back and goes what what are you doing uh, uh, trying to muster his thoughts he's as i say he's got so many questions running through his head he just goes i thought you were dead but have you just been here with team nightmare all along so he stands up and walks over to the far corner of the room where above the desk you see a little camera with a red flashing light and he reaches up and he pulls out a wire from behind the camera okay and then he turns back to you and he just says felix it's it's really complicated i've, I've, I've not been here in the tower long like a few days right look i'm gonna answer everything you need to know but first i've got to get you out of here you cannot be here felix at this point as he's sort of gaining a bit more composure, pats his belt down and goes, my Pokemon, where are my Pokemon? Are they still on me or have they been taken? No, they're not on you. Your dad walks over to the set of lockers on the other side after he's pulled the wire out the camera and he starts opening the lockers one by one. As this is happening, he's sort of like rooting through, he's there for a while, he, he stops and he turns to you and he just says, what are you doing here? Again, taking a beat, 
not wanting to give away too much of the real reason he's here, he just went, came to the city. Me and a few friends came to the city just to visit. We ended up in a market. Again, he's trying not to, he doesn't know, right, he doesn't feel like he can trust this man in front of him. He's still kind of a little bit apprehensive, wondering if this is really, you know, he's hit his head quite hard. He's still wondering if he's seeing things or whatever's going on. So he's trying to piece things together and not be too forthcoming with information. But yeah, so he sort of carries on and says, and yeah, we, we ended up going to this market and then just as night fell, there were some shady characters, Team Nightmare, no doubt. And next thing I know, everything goes black and I'm here. Your dad sort of just stares at you. I think he knows you're hiding something from him, but he just shakes his head and knows, oh, like, like, you're not going to talk to him. Obviously, he, you've just told him you thought he was dead. <laughs> and he just starts muttering to himself. You can't really make out what he's saying, but he's just muttering and shaking his head. Like Some of it you can get like, oh, I've just got to get you out of here. Let's just find your stuff. We need to get out. And then he gets to the last locker that's closest to the door, and he swings it, and he's like, ah! Here we go. But as he does that, the door to the cell room bursts open and your dad sort of stands up straight, slowly taking his head out the locker as two men walk into the room, both wearing Team Nightmare uniforms. They slam the door behind them and then stop in their tracks as they see you stood in the open cell with the door open and then your dad stood in the locker looking for something. Okay. And one of them turns to your dad and says, why is the prisoner's cell open? What happened to the security camera? Your dad sort of pulls his head out the locker and he holds up his hands. He does like a sort of a really small wave. He's like, <laughs> ah. And then he starts scratching the back of his head with his other hand. It's like, so this is kind of embarrassing but uh, Lady Elizabeth came here to secure the other prisoner and one of the guards took the key with them and then he slowly moves his hand to his waist as the grunt says oh and I guess he broke the camera as well did he? Well <laughs> you know as a matter of fact and then he throws something behind the grunts and shouts, PG, Ice Beam, freeze the door! And with his right hand, grabs a Pokeball from the locker and throws it at you. Felix completely whiffs the catch, just hits him in the chest and takes him a bit by surprise. But he's immediately picks it up, realising it's a Pokeball, and just releases the Pokemon that's within it. Do I know which one it is? Roll a d6. Got a look at the draw. Oh, it's a five. Uh, Maximus pops out. Oh, yes. Okay, happy with that. Maximus. So, as this happens and you release Maximus, you oddly feel a blast of cold air as the door to the room is covered in ice and a small pink and blue looking spherical duck Pokemon spins between the grunts and then places itself next to your dad. One of the grunts stares down your dad. Well, at least after we beat you, we won't have to drag you very far. And then seeing what's going on with the Pokemon in front of your dad and Maximus released out of your Pokeball, the Grunts release their own Pokemon. Three grey metallic spheres appear directly in front of you, each sphere with a set of magnets either side of one large eye. The Pokemon spins in the air and lets off a few sparks. The second Pokemon stands tall, balancing on one foot directly between you and your dad. Its thin grey body and arms move gracefully through the air as it balances perfectly on one leg. Its pink and yellow trousers match its headpiece. Magneton, the Magna Pokemon, and the evolved form of Magnemite. Magneton are formed when several Magnemites link together. When many Magneton gather together, the resulting magnetic storm disrupts radio waves. 
Metacham, the Meditate Pokemon, the evolved form of Meditite. It is said that through meditation, Metacham heightens the energy inside its body and sharpens its sixth sense. It battles with an elegant dance-like movement. Porygon Z, the code Pokemon, and the evolved form of Porygon 2. Porygon Z's only appearance in the anime was a cameo in the World of Pokemon opening of Kyurem vs the Sword of Justice, in which every Pokemon from the first five generations, apart from Genesect, appeared. And you just hear your dad shout, Mmm, Magneton and Medicham, thank god this room is soundproof. You ready, kiddo? He looks over at you. <laughs> Phoenix doesn't say anything, just, again, still swallowing everything that's going on, just gives him a nod. He feels a bit more comfortable now that he's got Maximus with him and he knows where his Pokemon are. Let's roll initiative. 11. So, the Medicham is up first. Boo. And the grunt with the Medicham is staring down your dad and his Pokemon, and he's just angry. He can see that he's in a Team Nightmare uniform, but obviously something isn't right here. So he just shouts, Medicham, quick! Hit that thing with a force palm. He's going to go for a force palm, which hits. Ooh. So the Medicham just turns its focus onto the little blue and pink spherical Pokemon, duck-like spherical Pokemon, <laughs> and as you've seen Rowdy do many times, just powerfully thrusts its arm out and sends the Pokemon flying back into the wall behind you. But it gets up and moves forwards. Uh, it's going to do 17. Double to 34 by any chance? Double to 34. <laughs> and your dad looks at me and goes, Porygon, are you okay? And it just gives him a little Z. You realise that your dad's got a Porygon Z. Oh, oh, big fave. Big fave. Right, next up is the Porygon. And your dad's right, don't take that. Hit it back, let's freeze it, Ice Beam. So the Porygon Z just stacks its gaze onto Medicham and lets out this icy blast that just hits the Medicham, sending it back a little bit. And then you just hear ice start to form around the Medicham like it did on the door frame. And out the corner of your eye, you can just see this big block of ice with the Medicham just its hands in front of its face trying to protect it, but it is frozen still and is not moving. So it's going to do 23 ice damage and Medicham's frozen. Next up, Maximus. Nice. Okay. So Felix, a bit more familiar in this scenario, obviously, has been in many, many battles by now. I'm sure maybe even some of our listeners will be able to tell us how many battles, but that's a question for another day. Seeing that the Porygon Z is taking the focus of the Medicham, turns to Maximus and says, I'm so glad you're here, buddy. We've got this. Let's focus on that Magneton flamethrower. It shoots out a 40-foot cone. 40-foot cone? I think that's going to hit everything. It's going to hit everything? Everything. Okay, so... Maximus can kind of sense Felix's unease here and realises he's got to pull something big out of the bag and try and get us out of this situation, seeing that he's kind of trapped in a bit of a small room within another room. Maximus isn't overly confident, but knowing his power, he just sucks in a huge amount of air and just engulfs pretty much the entire room with a huge flamethrower that just covers all of the Pokemon involved. Uh, you see the Magneton in particular takes the, the brunt of it being directly impacted uh, and the others kind of get the lick of the flames from the outside of this giant cone. I rolled 28. Shit, it's going to take 56. So it's going to take, Magneton's going to take 56 and then the other two will take half. 
so 14 each. The magneton becomes burnt. So magneton's burnt. Your dad sort of turns to you and he's like, whoa, easy there, kiddo, easy. And you just see Horagon also take a little bit of the fire, but sort of shrugs it off as he's ready to go. Right, well, the magneton's up next. So the grunt controlling it, he knows that was a big hit. We've got to take that thing out. Let's go for a thunderbolt. Oh. He's going to aim a thunderbolt towards Maximus. Uh, so Magneton just starts to make a really weird noise and you see the sparks start to come off it again and then it just shoots this bolt of yellow energy straight at Maximus who's sort of not expecting it and just takes the hit but he takes it well enough and just sort of absorbs the power staring down and sort of smiling at the Magneton. 18 damage halved. So 9. Cool. And then you see the Magneton sort of just twitch as it you can see that the burn is starting to take damage and it's uh yeah it takes eight damage Ooh. from the from the burn good stuff right back round to the medicham now the medicham is frozen solid the grunt sort of runs over to it and starts like hitting at the ice just trying to get him out <laughs> he's just like come on medicham come on Oof. By one. Oh. Still frozen and just sits in the ice. Next up is the Porygon, and your dad sort of looks at the Medicham. He's like, right, while it's in there, let's just try and do a bit more damage. Hit it with a side beam attack. So Porygon just stares down at this Medicham in the ice and just lets out this concentrated purple beam that sort of turns the inside of the ice purple and you can see that the Medicham's just taking damage as your dad shouts, yes Porygon, keep going! Oh, it's gonna take 13 psychic damage. Double? No, it doesn't double. This Medicham's part psychic. Of course it is, yeah. Next up is Maximus. Okay, again, a little bit more time has passed, only like a minute or so, but Felix is feeling calmer and more composed with every second that kind of passes on, especially whilst he's in battle. Um, and seeing the kind of wild damage that Maximus did on the last one, be great for that again, but he's also aware that, you know, at the end of this, they've got to get out, and the more Pokemon that are still conscious, the better, really. So Felix turns to Maximus and says, okay, buddy, that was great. Let's tone it down a bit, but let's still hit him hard. Stick a flame burst in between those two. So we're going to nice. go for a flame burst to try and hit both of them. Maximus, despite kind of being arms out and ready to take on the world, understands Felix's command and also being in this enclosed space is, is feeling the heat a little bit. So rather than letting out a huge, huge jet of flame, cobbles up some coals of flame that spout out of his duck-like beak and just kind of land in between the Medicham and Magneton. And they seem like they're going to do nothing and then they just explode, covering both the opponent's Pokemon. 22 fire damage they both take. Shit, yeah. Magneton's next and the grunt controlling the Magneton knows that he's really the only person in this fight now. Like, Medicham's <laughs> He's, he doesn't look like he's getting anywhere anytime soon, but he knows he needs to help out. Get rid of your Pokemon so we can take out the Porygon. So he shouts to use a Tri-Attack. Oh. So the Magneton sort of winces in pain again as you see it takes the burn damage, and then it just starts to spin really quickly. You almost see just like a spinning triangle in the air, and then out of 
of it, you see three beams start to wrap around each other and head towards Maximus. One sort of yellow, one sort of blue, and one orange as the three different tri-attacks head straight <laughs> for him. And again, Maximus just holds up a hand and sort of Yoda-style absorbs it, but you can see that his hand's like sizzling afterwards as he takes the full whack, despite the half-powered attack from the Magneton. Ten normal damage. So half to five. Yeah. Wonderful. Tell you what, this damage is not... That was a good burn. Yeah. Okay, the Medicham's up again. This guy's still hammering on the ice. He's just trying to get the Medicham out. Doesn't get him out. He's still oh, no. frozen still. Well, I mean, great for me. What a lucky first ice beam that <laughs> was. Straight into a freeze. Burn and freeze on our first two attacks is very nice. Your dad's just oh. laughing. He's like, you never going to get him out of here. Right, let's hit him with another side beam attack. Natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. These poor grunts. Porygon Z just again shoots this purple beam towards this block of ice and it starts to fill up the inside of the ice and you can see that the Medicham's just taking like all of this bits of psyche damage and then when the purple inside the ice sort of disappears, the Medicham's eyes are just spinning in opposite directions and you can see that not only is he frozen, he's also confused after taking a massive <laughs> massive hit <laughs> confused and frozen fuck yes yeah 10 25 psychic damage oh big shipping away at that meta jam right back around to maximus so yeah maximus seeing how this fight is going seeing this meta jam frozen and this magneton burn and just being pummeled by this flame he's getting a little bit showboaty um he's feeling very confident he's definitely feeling himself and before felix can even get the full words out he's just chucking out some more hot coals between these two looking to try and finish it off so we're gonna go for another flame burst similar to last time maximus just pretty much is now spitting in disgust at these two pokemon that have failed to challenge him seeing that the medicham is frozen and taking a lot of damage from this porygon z that the coals are sort of aimed a little bit more towards the magneton so they land a little bit more underneath him uh, so the the medicham will take the edges of the explosion of this flame burst but the, the magneton takes a full full whack you can see the the underbelly of these three sort of metallic orbs in the in the sky starting to get a little bit burnt a little bit singed gone a little bit black from their normal shiny silver uh, so that's 20 fire damage on that so medicham will take 10 but magneton will take 40. the magneton's grunt just shouts we need to finish this now mirror shot hit it and as the magneton starts to power up and you hear the humming of the magnets and see it start to spin it just drops to the floor as it takes its burn damage yes and is out boom out. get in the medicham's trainer is getting very worried now his medicham is frozen he cannot get him out. Medicham's going for it. Does not break out the ice and is still frozen. <laughs> and your dad looks at Porygon, then he looks at you and he says, kiddo, you want to do the honours? Felix feels very uncomfortable being called kiddo by this man. But again, feeling confident in his abilities goes. And kind of as well wanting to impress. Like, if this man is who he says he is, he's kind of a little bit like, well, you know, I want to show him that I'm a... Even without him being around, he's still strong and he's grown into this you know this really strong trainer so he looks at maximus maximus is very much up for it uh felix says we've got this maximus get in 
front of that Porygon and this quick flamethrower that Metajam. So Maximus is going to kind of go in front of the Porygon, so the Porygon's not going to take any of the, the damage. Yeah. He's going to unleash a flamethrower straight at the Metajam. Maximus kind of struts over in front of the Porygon and sort of puts, puts his arm out and pushes this Porygon back like, I'm in charge here. <laughs> and just looks at this, the, the swirling eyes of this poor frozen Metacham and without a hint of remorse, just sucks in all the air he can. Almost like an arrow rather than a big cone, just directs it straight at this block of ice. Uh, it's 26 damage. Tell me how you knock it out. You can see it starts to heat up and melt. You see just for a split second, the Metacham looks really happy that it's out of this ice and then it just starts to feel the burning pain of this flamethrower hitting it straight in the midriff. Just heating up and heating up until it eventually faints. Nice. Both of the grunts are just staring at you and they sort of back up against the wall. Their Pokemon just KO'd on the floor and your dad just looks at his Porygon Z and says, there's only one thing for it, Psybeam. And you see Porygon hit both of them and they just, <laughs> they get pushed back into the wall and sort of hit their heads against the wall. And then they both just drop, sort of slide down the wall into the onto the floor just in a like a crumpled mess <laughs> and as your dad walks over to them he looks at you and he says give me a hand with this and he picks up one of them from the shoulders and starts to try and like drag him into the cell okay i take it these grunts are fully grown adults they are fully grown adults they are fully grown adults cool felix knows he's not gonna be able to pick one of these up so he kind of just whispers to maximus and goes maximus chuck him in the cell for me would you who nods and duly obliges <laughs> just sort of pounds over i fucking love maximus L looks at your dad as he's like pulls up beside him and it's just like <laughs> flames just coming out the side of his bill cool okay so for that battle you're going to receive while maximus is moving he comes back to you and gives you a fistful of money <laughs> so he's not only moved them maximus has then robbed, robbed them, them as well and you've got four thousand pokey yen wonderful he's also going to get twenty seven thousand one hundred xp oh twenty seven thousand one hundred yeah so after all that xp where's Maximus at the moment? So Maximus actually levelled up twice in that battle. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> you see as he's just kind of, as you've alluded to, as he's dragging this unconscious body into one of the cells, you can just kind of see his, his flame body starting to shine a little bit brighter. You see the fire just burning a little bit more, the fire on his tail just get a little bit deeper and a little bit stronger. Um, so yeah, Maximus levelled up to, uh, to level 12 now. Nice. So at level 12, um, in, in this world, in our new world, you can either give them some ability points or they can get a, uh, a feat. Uh, and as, as we've kind of started to become accustomed to, we've got some more personal feats that we've developed for some of our Pokemon now. They've got a bit more, per well, they've got plenty of personality and have been with us in the story. So at level 12, Maximus unlocks his feat, which is called Gladiator, which essentially is when fighting in front of the crowd, Maximus can basically cheer them on, uh, cheer them up, pump them up, try and get them involved in the fight. And if he does so, that'll give him advantage on attack roll for a set number of rounds which will be cool. pretty cool especially for some sweet sweet gym battles okay awesome you are next to your dad and you're both just staring at these two grunts that are in the cell and he looks at you and says okay what now Phoenix slams the door shut to the cell behind Maximus gives him a pat on the back of the head and says I'm just in awe of you buddy you're so strong takes a deep breath and slowly turns around to face this man who is definitely still not really comfortable calling dad just goes where are the rest of my pokemon and my bag for that matter he points into the last of the four lockers on the opposite wall and he says i think the rest of them are in there okay 
Cool. He 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 fully understands the situation and from your point of view. Yeah. Um. So he's just he's a bit standoffish and just like giving you your space. Okay. Cool. So Felix, yeah, marches straight over to the locker. Checks the pokeballs, make sure that you know this bag is is his. Is there enough space to get everybody out just to check on how they all are? Um, yeah, you're in a, yeah, you've got enough space just to quickly pop them all out. I don't have I don't have Houdini with me, so okay, that that might change things. But yeah, so Felix just pops all the ball uh, all the balls open just to make sure that everybody is is there and present and counted for. Make sure they're all okay, they're not roughed up. Your team at the moment, I've got. Pratchett, Brick, Inky, Reptile, Maximus. I've got Pratchett, Momo, Inky, Reptile, Maximus. Okay, not Brick. Cool. Not Brick. I've got Momo the Glyscore. All right. Okay, cool. Yep, fine. Um, so, yeah, so Felix just takes a beat, kind of forgetting, trying to forget where he is, just making sure everybody is okay, um, making sure that everybody is well, goes over, makes sure they're all all seen to and kind of what whilst everybody is still out it, it turns back to this man and goes right i think i know exactly where are we right now um he takes a second because he's just staring at pratchett and a little like his eyes getting just one of his eyes is getting a little bit watery <laughs> and he just shakes his head and porygon sort of slaps him on the back of the head <laughs> Pay attention. We're in what's called the tower. We're effectively in Team Nightmare's Sequoia City base of operations. Felix goes, okay, and this tower, is this the main headquarters or is this a local branch as such? From everything that I've heard while I've been here and I've not been here long, this is pretty much the main branch or at least one of the main branches okay felix is trying to formulate a bit of a plan in his head here he's he's got a couple of things that now this battle's over now that you know the door's frozen shut he's got a little bit of time to think i want to rummage just through the other three lockers yeah to see if there's anything in there so i've got an idea of something i want to do that might be helpful okay so you look through the lockers they're empty but while you're searching your dad says what are you looking for kiddo Felix is, yeah, he's kind of heading the lockers, digging through, trying to find something. He goes, look, you and I both know, even as a kid of my size, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. If I, I mean, at least as much as it makes my skin crawl, dress up like one of you, it might make getting out of here a little bit easier. That's what I'm thinking. I want to try and find, even if it's just like a a t-shirt, like a Team Nightmare t-shirt or something with, you know, the, the paraphernalia or the logo on that I can put on that from a distance people might not question kind of thing your dad looks at you and he he just nods he's like yeah okay fine there should be something follow me and he heads to the door and starts just trying to get it open from the ice um and he manages to open it with like the ice sort of cracks a little bit and the door opens and he turns back at you to see you stood where you are and he's like come on and he goes to slip out the door looking at my party felix will recall everybody barring inky i think inky's yep. probably gonna be the best a to, to slot in that potentially might be a bit of a team nightmare pokemon as we've seen mary kate and ashley with and also he's a stealthy yep. stealthy boy felix sort of takes a beat he's rummaging through the last of the lockers before he goes are there any drawers on the desk just to see if he pulls them out if there's any keys or anything in there no there's nothing like that in there cool so yeah felix finishes up his search recalls everybody and says don't worry i'm gonna get us out of here i might need your help but i'll call on you when i need you yeah returns everybody but inky stays out floating rather than again he can kind of sense the mood 
he doesn't float straight up to this Porygon and this man and normally do what he does is pull a face at him or something. He just kind of puts his hands on Felix's shoulders and floats just above his head. And then, yeah, cool, we'll follow him out the door. So you enter an empty corridor, like a long corridor, and you see almost directly opposite there is another, it's like a metal sliding door, and this is where your dad's aiming for. He's just, he can see that the corridor's empty and he's going straight for this door. As you're walking through the corridor towards the door you can see that to your right on the same sort of side of the corridor as the door you just come from there is a another door and then to your left on the opposite side there's also another door okay and the corridor sort of bends off around the left and comes back on itself so you can't see where it's going okay opposite the door you're aiming for down a, a small little corridor between the cell room and the room next to it is like a set of metal lift doors Right, okay. With like a number panel above the top of it. But your dad takes you into a separate room and you enter this long room and see that it's just filled with like bunk beds. But there's no one else in there at the moment. Okay, cool. Uh, and then the door shuts behind you and your dad turns to you and says, right, let's try and find you something you can get into in here. There should be something lying around. People leave stuff under the beds in their own personal lockers all, all the time. Not speaking another word to him, Felix will go straight towards the lockers and try and uh, and, and just start rifling through those. They seem to be a good source of, <laughs> of clothes in the past. So Okay, so roll a d20. We're going to go investigation. Okay. Oh, I think I'm a proficient in investigation as well. I am. Um, so that will be a 23. So yeah, in like the first locker that you you find, was set, it's like a locker at the end of a bed, like, you know, in army barracks, they've got yeah, their yeah. own like, yeah. So you kick one of these open and you <laughs> manage to find a perfect Perfectly sized, <laughs> full-on Team Nightmare outfit, like trousers, coat, shirt, everything. And also in the same locker is TM88, which is Sleep Talk. Oh, okay. Ooh. And your dad sort of looks at you and goes, oh, I, th I thought we were going to have to do a bit more searching than that. <laughs> Felix goes... What a, what a find. <laughs> Felix kind of... He's kind of almost reverted back to how he was at the beginning of the adventure. Like, you know, obviously over time he's opened up a little bit more, a bit more talkative. He's, he's kind of quite clammed up. He's quite close. He's just sort yeah. of like, sort of looked over his shoulder and goes, huh, yeah. Um, do you mind going down the other end of the room just while I get changed? Felix is going to put it on, but he just doesn't want this man near him while he's doing so. Yeah, the man looks at Porygon who just sort of shrugs he's like uh okay and then instead of going to the other end of the room he's he heads to the door okay um and just starts like peering through like there's a little glass window in the door and he just starts peering through that like side to side to make sure cool nothing else is going on um so yeah Felix is just gonna get changed in this outfit as much as it pains him but while he's doing it he's just gonna turn to Inky and goes just sweep down these lockers will you see if you can find anything that might be useful seeing as it, you know seeing as he's a ghost he can just kind of rather than me rummaging through everything I'm not trying. I'm not trying to meta game here and just get if there's loads of stuff other ways. But if you know, just send him through and see if he can find anything that will be useful. Inky comes back with a giant lollipop, <laughs> and he's just he's just licking it. <laughs> and that that's that's all he finds is just this giant licky pop like, like one of the big circle ones it's like the size of his face yeah. like it's unbelievably big <laughs> to, especially to pull it out of a locker like that and he's just sit there just like he just shrugs at you and just keeps licking he's just licking away felix is like that isn't what i had in mind but 
sure, go ahead. Whatever keeps you happy, bud. You see him just like within sort of four or five licks, he's got almost halfway through it already because he's got a massive tongue. He's just like, wow, okay. Roll perception. Oh, that's not so good. Uh, da -da -da -da, nine. You hear your dad do something, but you just, you can't make out what it is. But when you look over, he's just like sort of having a conversation with his Porygon. Right, okay. Felix is fully suited and booted, looking like Team Nightmare. He's thinking in this scenario, probably Team Nightmare from the interactions he's had previously than not. The sharpest of bunch, so he, he pulls out his man bun, just lets his long hair sort of flop and sort of tries to mess it up a bit, trying to be a bit more menacing looking, I guess. Takes a big puff of breath in and walks over to the door and goes, right, how do we get out of here? Where are we in, in this building? Uh, how many floors have we got to go through? So your dad looks at you and he says, right, I told you I've not been here long. I've only been here a couple of days, but basic understanding of most of the building. So we're on the first floor. There are three exits as far as i'm aware the roof i don't think that's an option i'm not even sure i can get to the roof the foyer which is on the floor below us but the problem with that is it's guarded by security and we're not supposed to go into the foyer wearing these uniforms and the third exit is through a mine at the base of the building there's a few ways to get to it but one of them is one of these elevators okay phoenix just takes a mental note of those oh there's three very different things you could do with each of those floors which would be quite interesting but anyways phoenix goes okay okay takes a bit of a breath i'm sure you're the same as me at the moment you've probably got a million questions and a million things you want to say but now is not the time i need to get out of here i need to go find my friends but at the same time i'm not going to let this opportunity pass me by stay here stay on guard if you hear people coming i don't know give me a shout knock three times on the door i'll be back your dad looks at you and he's gonna roll constitution <laughs> yeah uh, he's like not a chance am i leaving you alone to walk through this building you have got to be kidding me look kid <laughs> i know you might not trust me at the moment and obviously there's a lot of stuff we've got to talk about but i'm still your dad and I'm not letting you walk through this building on your own. Do you know how dangerous it is here? Felix kind of shrugs his shoulders and goes, it's not the first dangerous situation I've been in. I can handle myself, but I guess two heads might be better than one. Let's just keep close, but let's just keep as quiet as we can for now. Okay, so you are gonna leave the barracks room. Um, so yeah, we're gonna leave the barracks room and go to the room that is adjacent to essentially the cell block and just okay. have a little snoop, see what we can find. So you feel a bit more comfortable in yourself and your dad's not as worried about having you walk out in the open. Now you're wearing full on Team Nightmare uniform <laughs> and you enter a small square room and immediately you can tell this is some kind of break room. So you okay. can see to the left of the room is a kitchen area with like a large fridge at the end of the counter and then there are two team nightmare members sat at a table in the middle of the room like eating oh shit one's reading a book and the other is just looking at a tv screen that's at the back of the wall to the right of the door that you've entered there is a small table with two computers and another team nightmare grunt is sitting at one of them he's just typing out something into the computer he looks frustrated right okay there's also a pool table at the back of the room okay shit right none of them have battered an eyelid that you've entered the room that's good that's good okay <sighs> shit right how do i play this 
Felix semi-freezes seeing all these people, but then quickly realises that, as you say, no one's bothered that, it, that he's walked in. No one's really clocked that they shouldn't be there. He doesn't stick out like a sore thumb anymore. So he sort of feels a little bit more confident. Confident's probably not the right word. Um, he feels a little bit more assured. Takes in everything that's going on. Just kind of steps into the break room and I'm kind of not going to go anywhere near the other grunts at the moment. Go and make it look like he's being busy, but I just want to kind of eavesdrop on what's going on on the TV screen and if the two grunts are chatting about anything okay while you do that your dad's gonna go and sit on the sofa that's right in front of the tv screen and he's just gonna sit and pretend to watch tv okay so let's just say you're, you're making like a cup of tea then or yeah. something like that yeah yeah just very english obviously just gonna make a cup of tea <laughs> just gonna make a cup of tea uh, while you open the fridge to look for milk, you're going to find two lava cookies in this room. So oh, you can lovely. pull those up, put them into your bag. Pop them in the bag. Because who doesn't make tea without milk? Okay, let's start with the TV. So on the TV, it's just it's news mainly. There's still a little bit going on about Kuso City and then a bit more about Alaria Port reopening, but nothing major, like nothing stands out to you. But the two grunts are sort of talking about their shift and what they've got to do. Right. One of them mentions communications up on the 21st floor. Okay. And that the manager is a right bastard, to which the other one laughs and agrees. Let's roll perception for the see if you hear the second piece of information. Uh, I probably won't because that is a nat one. <laughs> Uh, you just see the grunt on the other side of the room at the computer just sort of slam his fist down and just start muttering to himself something and then gets up and walks out the room. Intrigued by the kind of behaviour of that grunt there, Felix finishes up making his brew and is going to walk over and sit at the computer that grunt's just got up from. Yep. Just to see if there's anything on screen or anything that he might have left open or something that he can maybe get even more info from. <sighs> Ooh, okay. Um, give me a blanket d20 roll. Right, okay. And um, we'll, if you roll well enough, I'll say that he's the com he left without logging out of the computer. Right, okay. Please don't roll another nat one. Nat 17. So you manage to just catch the computer before it logs out, and you give the mouse a wiggle, and you see an email to the grunt telling him that he's got to cover a shift in the lab on the 20th floor. Right. And you can see the shift is today but the email was sent yesterday right okay a little plan forming yeah we're, we're trying to arouse as little suspicion as possible just trying to be as normal as possible realizing the time scales of that email and what's going on felix knows he's got to move quite swiftly here yeah thinking the lab may be unmanned at the moment and even if that grunt gets there it's only one grunt potentially that could be there so even though it's a little bit warm still felix will take a couple of sips of his mug walk back over to the counter sort of pour the rest of it away and then tap the mug three times on the counter and put it down and then go to leave the room your yeah dad notices the three taps <laughs> and he turns around sharply porygon sort of slaps him in the head again because porygon's been watching you the entire time <laughs> he slapped slaps him again he's like okay yep yeah, yep yeah. and he sees you and he stands up and he follows wherever you're about to go okay so yeah we'll go back out into the corridor and we will head do we know do i know what floor we're on at the moment is it just the first floor you're on the first floor first floor yeah so stairs isn't an option here so felix walks normally out the room but then kind of slows down as he's going out the corridor just to let porygon and his dad catch up and then just kind of goes right couple of places i want to go before we get out of here 
thankfully they're quite close together first stop there's a lab on the 20th floor that might be very lightly or even unmanned at the moment let's go there first okay your dad looks at you with a very strange expression on his face you sort of see like a twinkle in his eye as you mentioned that there's stuff you want to do before you get out of there and the corner of his mouth starts to twitch in almost like a smile when right. you just start laying down the plan of what you want to do and he sort of he looks at you and he's like okay the lab right so the lab yeah that's on the 20th floor i think i can get us there and he pats you on the shoulder and walks down the corridor past the cells and then makes a left you can see a staircase one leading up one leading down like you would in any pokemon game and then a lift next to it and um the lift's got numbers on the top of it and at the moment the lift's on 20 okay cool so that grunt's gonna be there that's fine yeah we'll, we'll go for the lift i think yeah okay 20, 20 floors of stairs is we've got to be quick it's going to take a bit of a risk but yeah we'll go go for that so your dad pulls out a little key card out of his pocket um and he just sort of presses it against the lift and it pings and a green light flashes on the little panel where he pressed the key card and you wait and the lift comes down you see the numbers dropping and then you hear a little ding and the doors open and the lift's empty and you step inside okay now there are a lot of floors on the lift numbers but the only ones that are illuminated yeah are from the ground floor to the 20th floor right okay so although you can see the numbers like 21 to 40 they're not illuminated okay it's just ground to 20 and none of the basement ones are illuminated either it's just ground to 20 god this could be like a fucking whole campaign in itself just going through this building <laughs> going for every floor <laughs> okay felix reaches out pushes the button for 20 and we'll we'll go up your dad does not seem worried by the fact that he can only get to the 20th floor that's fine so the lift goes all the way up to floor 20 and then as it did before you hear a little bing and then the lift doors slide open and you step out of the lift as you step out of the lift you see a large window looking through to a laboratory with men and women in white coats inside and they're talking and using expensive looking equipment and you can see that the right wall of the lab also has a large window running along like the entire length of the room so you can see into it as you walk around the room okay so the corridor you're in goes round the side of this lab there is a door to your right it looks like two giant metal sort of like shutters rather than an actual door so from like ceiling to floor it's like yeah. a giant metal shutter and it's sort of like half cocked on the side okay. that you can see from where you're stood outside the lift <laughs> again Felix steps out this door uh, his confidence starts to wane a little bit seeing this amount of people he was hoping it was going to be not as busy as this do the people in white coats is that, is that all you can see can you see if they've got like other like general team nightmare paraphernalia on them or do they just look like scientists they look like scientists from where you're standing okay so felix will step out of the lift then again kind of looking down at his shoes as he used to quite a lot realizing he's in this team nightmare get up and then kind of composing himself trying to look like he's there for a reason he's there you know with a purpose so he's going to walk down the length of the this first glass window um, yep. and just keep occasionally glancing into the room just to see if there's anything that you can spot or see if the people there have spotted him just to rather than try to glean any information just trying to know if people are aware of his presence right okay you don't look out of place at all no one's sort of they, they've noticed you're there yeah. but they've no one's saying anything it's just like oh 
Okay, fine. Uh, in that case then, we'll head down the length of this corridor and rather than turning left straight away, the, the whole thing's making Felix feel quite anxious. He's trying to put on a, you know, a confident persona, but he's, he's still feeling a little bit anxious. So he's just gonna duck into this room at the end of the corridor before carrying on just to take a breath, really, just to compose himself and kind of like slap himself about the head a little bit and go, come on, you got this, you've got this. You're here for a reason, you're gonna be fine. You've got your Pokemon, you're gonna be fine. So your dad sees you duck under it and he doesn't follow. He sort of just stands outside, but Porygon ducks under Shutter as well. Yeah. And just sort of sits there with you and Inky. He doesn't do anything, he just sort of sit. he's just floating around. Floating around, being a bit jerky, yeah, okay. While you're in there, you can see that you're in a, a really small sort of rectangular room with numerous orange crates and yellow boxes sort of dotted around. And then behind on the opposite wall is another metal shutter, but this one's closed completely and you like from ceiling to floor. Yeah, Felix just takes 20, 30 seconds, just takes a couple of deep breaths, steals himself. Like I say, you know, he's trying to put on quite a confident facade here, but you know, he's still a 10 year old kid in criminal activity headquarters at the moment. So he's just trying to regain himself and remember why he's here and everything that's gone on before this, as well as trying to process who he's with. Yeah. So yeah, he's just gonna take a moment, stand up tall, breathe out, look nice and determined. He's ready to go. Before he jumps back out of the room, just gonna not necessarily take things, but I just wanna poke around a little bit, see if I can, you know, there's been lots of things that have been put on the back of trucks and sent to and from places. And if we can try and get any information on what they might be, like, you know, sending around, it might help in the, the cause. Uh, roll me investigation then. That's five, so that's a dirty 20. Nice. Okay, so you see that the orange crates are all marked with sort of big black letters that say like heavy machinery, um, like fragile, do okay. not drop. And the yellow boxes, a lot of them, when you're just poking around, seem to be filled with like just papers, loose sort of scientific papers. You can't really understand what it means. But in one of the boxes, you find some small metallic rocks. And then you also find a hard stone and TM31, which is brick break. Oh, nice. Found a couple of good TMs today. Felix, yeah, Felix stashes this in his bag and not wanting to make it obvious that there's like loads of these small metallic rocks have been taken out as well, but just takes a handful and just puts them in his bag as well, just so, you know, they might be useful for analysing when he's back out on the outside world. It's got an inkling of where they might have come from, potentially, but just wants to obviously make sure uh, and take those out. So he's just going to put all of that stuff in his bag, zip it up, put it back on his bag. Uh, on his back and yeah duck back under the, the shutter and back out into the corridor as you re-enter the corridor you see that your dad is sort of stood by the window and he's like looking into the lab sort of watching what's going on felix walks over to him just goes see anything i mean i don't see any grunts around here but what is this place he turns you and says go for a perception roll and uh let's see <laughs> what you can figure out for yourself Ooh. Well, that's a natural 17. Okay, I'm glad you rolled high on this one because I, I put a lot of work into this. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Imagine this is where I got that nat one. Oh, you God. See, you see some machines. With your nat 17 plus whatever you got, your dad sort of hears what you say and then just nods you to look inside the lab. And what you see is a large square room with long metal tables running along both of the long windows that are around the outside. Along these metal tables you see various men and women in white coats using microscopes like Bunsen burners and what looks like complicated test tube setups. You watch one of the scientists hold up like a 
small grey rock and he holds it up to the light and then puts it under a microscope and you then notice that there are small bowls along the table with more of these small grey rocks in each of them. On the far side of the room there are three scientists entering data into computers and at various points each of these scientists will like get up and run over to someone else in the lab before running back to their computer. Directly in front of where you're looking on the opposite side of the lab there are three large cylindrical tanks and you can see that they're filled with like a light blue liquid but each one has a different pokemon inside <gasps> there are computers next to each of the tanks monitoring like the, the pokemon's vitals and in the tank to the left you recognize the pokemon ryolu okay there's a breathing apparatus in its mouth and it looks like there are tubes attached to it and various parts of its body a scientist is stood in front of the tank and he's pushing a series of buttons on the computer panel and you see two metal arms lower themselves into the liquid and then clamp a metal band around the Ryolu's neck. Okay. Now in the centre of the room is a large metal table covered in buttons and screens and projected above it is like a blue light coming from the centre of that table. It's a 3D render of some small spheres and they're connected by small cylinders and you recognise these from like different books and stuff. I don't know why you tend your order breeder but you recognise them as like molecules Right, okay. And the hologram starts to like animate and it gets smaller before another image appears. And this one's more spheres and cylinders, but arranged in like a double helix shape. And the first group of molecules moves and attaches itself to the helix. And then the whole shape glows white. Two of the scientists who are staring at this projection had their backs to you and they turn to each other and start discussing what they saw. Okay. And you can tell me what your reaction is when you recognise Mallory Ooh. and Professor Oak. Ah! <laughs> Shit. I, I, a similar... A similar reaction to the start of the episode, really. Felix's jaw just nearly hits the floor. His eyes go wide and trying to form some words in his mouth. All you, that kind of comes out is just... Uh, 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 uh. And you can sort of just hear like a slightly panicked tone behind those grumblings of noise. Yeah, your dad looks at you and he's like, you're, you're right, kiddo? Felix again steals himself and goes, I, I know those two. What are they, what are they doing here? They, oh, they can't be here because they want to be. There must be more to this. Again, yeah. You're throwing so much at me, Coatsy. I'm trying to, <laughs> I've got to try and sort all this out. Do they, yeah, do they do they just look like they're normal, just chatting away, no ill effects or yeah. anything? They're just... From what you can tell, they're just working in the lab. Okay. But your your dad looks worried for the fact that you say you know them. How many? Are there, I take it there's like quite. A, there's a lot of more people in that room than just those two, isn't there? There's quite a lot of. Yeah, the lab's pretty full. Okay, Felix again. Mind is going a million miles an hour. Just kind of almost adds it to his mental to do list of right. Got to do this. Got to do this. Yeah, puts this quite high on the list, but also thinking about he's got to get out of here on his own. How is he going to get other people out at the same time? That was just me rambling to try and figure out my own thoughts. Um, so yeah, Felix sees this, is deeply confused. Nothing's really making sense. And the further into this he gets, the, the more questions popping into his mind. How did they get here? Why are they here so seemingly so freely? But he knows, knowing where they are and the people that they're potentially involved with, something's not going to be quite right. It just makes a bit of a mental note. 
Okay, he's right. Mallory and Oak, we need to either speak to them in here somehow covertly or get them out. It's only really at this time that Felix starts thinking about the outside and, and getting out and potentially maybe try and get a message out some way as covertly as possible to Chuck to say, right, this is where I am. This is vaguely what, you know, we've seen just in case, you know, heaven forbid something gets in the way of Felix getting out of here or if he can get some recruits to come in and try and storm the place or, or something. So, okay, yeah, so we're going to try and, I guess, knowing what we inferring from the lift that we can't go up in the lift with his dad's kind of key card we've got to try and find a way up to the next floor okay okay yeah cool that's 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 roughly where my thinking is all right yep fine let's roll with it put it into action now i guess felix turns to his dad and goes just another thing to do it's fine we'll get it sorted what else is on this floor and sort of slowly starts to walk down the length of the glass. Not at a normal pace, just trying to get as much information as he can from looking in this room, but also trying to figure out if there's anything else on this floor that might be useful. Okay, so as you walk down the side of the lab, you see to your right there is like a double set of wooden doors on the wall, and then you get to the end of the corridor, and you're almost like at a T-junction. If you were to turn left, you'd get the entrance to the lab, and if you turn right, you can see two more doors just single doors okay oh, i'd love to go in and explore the lab but it's i think it'd be too you might get a little bit too much attention if you yeah into the lab. Th that's what i'm thinking yeah i could maybe i know i'm not felix isn't chuck he probably couldn't talk his way out of it so felix will take a right just kind of pivot on his heels and take a right away from the lab and just sort of say it's too risky to go in there too many eyes too many questions let's see what else we can find down here so as we approach these doors to our right into this room, the first set of doors on the right into the room, can we see through them at all? Or are they just like solid? Yeah, so on, as you go past the first door, there's like a little window in the door again. And you see inside the room is like a long wooden table with chairs all around it. Um, so you've got like five on each side and then one at each end. And there's like a large TV on the wall, but it looks like it's switched off. There's also uh, another door at the far end. Okay. And you can see the double wooden doors that you walked past in the corridor can as well. I see any people. There is no one in there at the moment. Cool. Felix turns to his dad and goes, there's no one in here. If we can keep out a line of sight, that's probably the best thing. Come on, follow me. And your dad follows you in. Um, so yeah, just going to survey the room, see what's going on. Yeah, it, to me, it, sound, it sounds like a bit of a, you know, a boardroom kind of thing. Um, yep. Is there anything on the table at the moment or is it clear? Uh, on the table are three small black circular sort of speakers uh, and they're like in a line in the middle of the table they're like the intercom things you get yeah. in meetings yeah yeah is there anything on the, the the tv's off at the moment you say the, the monitor's off there's like a, a purple n going like up and down like the old windows logo <laughs> or, or or the dvd the dvd player felix uh, stays and waits for the n to match perfectly in the corner and bounce out <laughs> <laughs> okay you are um, waiting for 10 minutes no, no. <laughs> um okay so you said there's a set of doors at the other end of this room not yes yeah, so you've got the double doors that you walk past in the corridor and then there's a single door at the back of the room felix just heads towards that door just taking in if there's anything in, else in this room there's any posters or or anything around the rest of the room is completely empty okay so yeah felix is just keeping a bit of a mental note of the layout in case he ever needs to retrace his steps if he's or, or whatever um but yeah we'll, we'll just head towards that 
single door at the end. Okay, so you go through the single door and you enter like a large... It's almost like a corridor, but it's just a room. Right. There's the door you entered from, but then there's also the large metal shutter that you can imagine is the one that you saw behind all the crates at the back of that other room you were in. There's another set of lift doors, and above the lift doors are the number 21. Okay. Felix looks at his dad and just goes, Any chance? Your key will get us in that lift. Your dad tries the key, but it, it just blinks red at him. Okay. He's like, he turns, he's like, looks like I've not got permission to go up any higher. Do you think there's, maybe we can find someone, maybe, maybe people on this floor have permission. Yeah. Felix kind of mutters under his breath and goes, damn, uh, it'd been too easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> your dad looks at you square on and just goes, yes, it would have been too easy. <laughs> not like the escape from the, uh, from the team aqua party. Um, and then and then Porygon slaps him and he's like, oh, sorry, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> Felix turns around and goes, oh, there's another set of doors at the end of this corridor. Just go there. Maybe there's something we can find. So we're going to go back through that boardroom, through that single door, all the way down yep. past the table to the set of double doors at the end um, and back out into that corridor. And then take into and the then last take in room. And then take a right, yeah, straight away into that last room. Okay, so you enter a small square room and this room has a, another kitchen counter with like a kettle and a microwave and a fridge sitting to one side of the room. That's on the right. And on the left, opposite this, are two like really comfy chairs. And then at the back of the room is another door. Felix is happy that there's more tea-making facilities if required. Yep. He checks the fridge. There is Moo Moo Milk. There is Moo Moo. Oh, it takes all of his willpower to tear him away because he, he wouldn't be more comforted by something at the moment than Moo Moo Milk. But he does remember he's got a couple couple of bottles in his bag in case of emergency if required. But yeah, just a quick quick scout out of this room. Again, just kind of come to the conclusion it's a bit of a break room or whatever. He said there's another room at the end of it. Another yep, set of doors. Even. Like a, a wooden set of doors. Okay. So you step through these doors uh, and you notice that your dad and his Porygon aren't with you anymore. Right, okay. But as you enter this room, it's like a locker room. So in front of you are like four rows of green lockers. And then to the right of the door, you can hear someone humming to themselves in what looks like to be a toilet cubicle. Right, okay. The humming immediately stops when they hear you enter the room. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Is there anything around I can jam this door shut with? No, 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 no. Um, Okay, humming stops as I walk in. Felix will go to the far left row of lockers and just uh, I'm, I'm taking it as, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of like a, any kind of changing room there's a set of lockers there might be like benches to sit on to get changed in or whatever yeah and just kind of tries to yeah I guess yeah knowing we've got to try and find a key card of some sort or, or something to get us up we'll just start as covertly as possible trying to pilfer through some lockers if any will open as you open the first locker you hear what sounds like just like a fistful of stones hitting water and then you just hear like a (laughs) (laughs) and then the humming just starts again oh god (laughs) felix unfreezes himself turns to inky and goes thought that was you for a minute (laughs) 
Inky, Inky starts to silently laugh, and you, and you notice that he's he was licking the lollipop, but now he's just licking the stick, and there's just nothing left. But he's still just going for the stick, and then he pops the stick in no, and then he pops the stick in his mouth, so it's like a toothpick, and he's just got this lollipop stick in his mouth. Perfect. Um, okay, we'll carry on pilfering. Well, start to pilfer. Yeah. So you get to the last locker on the first row, and you like they're all locked, but this last one is not locked. So you slowly open it and there's a little creak and you stop just to hear that the humming is still going and he's humming the indigo plateau theme <laughs> and inside the locker is a lab coat and there's like a key card clipped on the outer pocket okay perfect yeah felix just takes a look at the the coat and the, the key card see if he can glean any info from it on the badge it reads uh, dr d ramore neuro division dr. D. Uh, and and then there's like a picture of a really handsome looking man with a big white smile and, and dark hair and slightly tanned skin. Okay. But other than that, it looks like just a normal keycard. Felix will pocket that. Inky does a little pass of the lockers as well, like he did before. Just roll me, uh, roll me a d20. Let's see if Inky finds anything in the lockers. Ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, DC ten. Uh, so uh, Inky shows up from behind, from behind you, and he's got this thing in his hand. Like he hands it to you, and you're like, oh, Chuck, Chuck's got one of these and he passes you a wide lens that okay. he's found in one of the lockers sweet is the humming still going the humming has just stopped and you can hear somebody standing up and like the a, a belt starting to like shake right okay wiggle the trousers up okay um as as felix hears this belt and starts to come up he doesn't really want anybody to know he's here so he's gonna dash out back into the break room okay and rejoin his dad and Porygon as you enter the break room you see that your dad is just stood next to the open fridge and he sort of looks at you with like an embarrassed look on his face and he's just got this big white moustache <laughs> and he's just got like a carton of moo moo milk in his hand and he's just like uh did you did you find what you needed <laughs> Felix with the small tiniest 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 little curl of his lip of into a smile but it's not it's not you wouldn't really know only felix would really know that it's a smile and he goes he kind of stifles a laugh and goes yeah i've got a key card but there's someone in there we've got to move quick porygon then turns around and it too has a little <laughs> must, white mustache on its head and it 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 just slaps your dad again and he's like all right all right and he, he puts the moo moo milk back in the fridge and then he peeks through the door exiting the break room and sort of just gives you like a little like we're good to go so you're gonna make your way back to the lift yeah we're gonna try yeah same route go back through the boardroom back to the lift and see if this card will work okay so this time the little buzzer pings green and you see the lift come down it doesn't take very long because it's just one floor and it pings and opens and there's a an empty an empty lift Cool. We'll get in it. We'll go up to floor 21. So the lift goes up, no problems, doors open, and you step out onto the 21st floor. You find yourself in a long corridor. At the end of the corridor is a set of stairs that are leading up, and then they sort of bend round to the right. And about halfway down the corridor, on the opposite side to where you are, is a set of double metal doors with a keypad next to it. Okay, we'll approach that door and try and use the keycard. So your dad hits the card's key swipe with the key, and it, it pings green, and the 
metal doors open and you enter a smaller corridor with a few large metal towers sort of like against the wall and they're humming with like different colored blinking lights on them and then right, okay. at the far end of this small corridor you see there's another set of doors okay um we'll head towards those doors as well just trying to again not necessarily investigating but just trying to take in the surroundings and everything that's going on as you approach the doors they slide open and you walk into what is a very large open room the first thing you see on the far wall is one of the largest screens you've ever seen i'm gonna say it's like 20 foot by 15 foot oh wow so it's it's basically like a cinema screen yeah it's got a big purple n in the center of it and it's just apart from that it's black okay above the screen and along like the width of the entire room are multiple smaller green sort of computer screens um i say smaller they're still massive but they're just smaller in comparison, in comparison to yeah. that screen and they're hanging from the ceiling they're covered in like sciencey sort of data you can't tell what they are it's just loads of different numbers and different data things below all these screens is like a large computer console with multiple people in white coats sitting in front of it working tapping into keys and computer panels on it okay on either side of the room are sets of large red cooling tanks with pipes sort of coming out them and lining the walls and then on the right side of the room is a set of metallic steps that leads to a little balcony where more men and women in white coats are sort of stood at the top working on computers right okay there's a big purple n that's been printed onto the floor in front of a rectangular computer console in the middle of the room and then a Above you, you see that there's a large sort of window that looks into what seems to be like another little room above this giant room. Okay. And your dad turns to you and he's like, what are we looking for again? Um, again, I, d I don't know why Felix thought that these floors were going to be empty, but there you are. <laughs> Felix kind of turns to his dad and goes, oh, I, I kind of wanted to, I don't know. Get, get a message out to, to my friends to say that A, I'm safe, but B, where we are, maybe try and get some help. He's still trying to be a bit coy because he doesn't really, he doesn't know if this guy is helping him because he's his son, just because he's his son, or if he isn't actually, you know, necessarily part of Team Nightmare, if he's just got caught up in something. So he's, he's trying not to give away too much information to say, you know, essentially we're trying to take them down. So yeah, so he just kind of goes, yeah, I just want to try and get a message out to my friends, let them know I'm safe and try and find somewhere to meet them. Porygon Z just sort of appears next to your ear and he puts like one of his fins next to his beak and he just goes like Porygon, 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 Z, 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 Porygon. And then your dad, who's still on the other side of you, sort of does the same thing and just goes, I think what he's trying to say is, I don't think this is the room we're looking for. <laughs> These are not the droids we're looking for. These are not the droids we're looking for. I had a very silly idea just then, but that'd probably be very, very silly and very, very risky. We'll leave that as a Hail Mary if we really, really need to. Okay. Do we see any other doors out or is there? Is it just the ones that we've came in from that... Under the room above you, there is a big set of metal doors. Uh, okay, so I'm taking it then the stairs that we saw outside lead up to that room. Uh, yeah, they might do. Felix turns to his dad, turns to Porygon and goes, yeah, might be a bit conspicuous in here. Let's try and find somewhere a little bit safer, maybe an unmanned terminal somewhere. I can't really see up into that room but might be our best chance let's try those stairs out in the corridor so we're gonna wander back out try the stairs so you head up the stairs and you follow it as it bends round to the right 
and you find yourself in another small little room with two doors. One's to the right and you can hear like a loud humming noise coming from it and there's like a bluish light peeking from under the crack in the door. Yeah. And then there's an another door that's at the far end of the room that's in front, like directly in front of you and on it it just says security. Okay, do any of these rooms need keycards to get into? No. No, just out of morbid curiosity and trying to, again, like say, Felix trying to get the lay of the land, if there's anything that might help or help them get out. So we'll just poke your head into the first room on the right-hand side, which I'm guessing okay. by the sounds of it is like a bit of a server room kind of thing. So you open the door and you can feel the aircon hit you straight away. And the whole room's like illuminated with a bluish light, which is coming from three tall rows of just what look like computer servers. Okay. And yeah, each one's just humming away and like flashing lights all over it, wires running from row to row and sort of all over the room are there any like uh, consoles or anything in there like monitoring keyboard or anything or is it just flat servers not that you can see it looks like it's just flat servers oh uh, yeah felix will just felix appreciates the aircon in this room just cooling him down not realizing actually how much he's kind of he's glad that he's wearing an all-black outfit he's sweating quite a lot and you know very stressful situation for him so just takes a, a beat to let the the aircon ruffle through his very now long luscious purple locks he turns back around and says okay nothing in here I mean not for me anyways i can't figure this out let's try that other room it's a bit risky but while we're here so you go through the door at the far end that marks security and you've probably taken two steps into this room when you hear a voice just shout over what have you two been doing you've been gone ages that camera still isn't fucking fixed <laughs> and you see a team nightmare grunt sort of spin around in his wheelie chair and just stares you dead in the eyes and there's like an uncomfortable few seconds start to pass before the grunt sort of like oh sorry i thought you were someone else well seeing as you two are here well i guess i'll go and see what's going on down there are you two supposed to be here felix is sweating hard at this point i know it's not the same uh not the same uh, as we read in the email but felix kind of thinks back to the experience on this uh, in this tower so far and remembers that email that he read about having to cover a shift for someone in the lab yeah so he basically is just going to go for the same thing but just says oh got an email from the manager yesterday i've only just read it this morning might be in a bit of trouble there said there was a shift to cover up here your dad is sort of like he's open mouthed as though he was about to talk before you spoke oh, and he, he sort he just looks at the grunt and at you and he sort of he's, he's got a hand on your back and you can feel it like it's not shaking but you can just feel it yeah roll me deception oh god did roll a natural 16 though so a 17 yeah he he rolled a five so he <laughs> buys he buys your lie like yes, quicker he's like oh right yeah no of course yeah sure oh that's good then right okay well in that case you two take over here the camera in the cell block it's been out for about 20 minutes now we sent someone down to fix it i'll go down i'll check it out i'll come back up with a report afterwards and he just ups and walks he just goes and you're in the room on your own your dad's like hand just sort of drops down your back and then he puts one hand on your shoulder and he's like god good thinking kiddo i wasn't sure what i was gonna say <laughs> felix with a bit of a wry smile goes told you it's not the first time i've been involved in something like this and then walks over to the nearest 
walks over to the window that's kind of overlooking the whole of the whole floor just to survey the scene a little bit. As you walk into the window, you sort of notice things that are in the room. There are two long computer terminals, so one to the right of the room in front of the giant window that overlooks the larger room you were just in. And then there's another one on the opposite side of the room, and it's got loads of like screens above it and that are attached to the wall. They're like the security camera kind of things. Okay. And cool. each one of these screens is showing different parts of the building. Your dad walks over to the computer terminal with all the screens and he starts pushing buttons and causing all of the screens to sort of flicker with different images and different camera images for all around the building. And he just sort of looks and he's like, if this is the main security room, there must be a way to get a message to your friend out from here. And he sits down in front of one of the many computer screens and just starts typing and typing and typing. And then, yeah, eventually, after a minute or so of your just looking out over the room and with Inky on one side of you and Porygon Z on the other. You just hear him say, ah, Felix, come over here, come over here. And he grabs your wrist and starts to like tap your watch. Right. And he says to you, so who are we calling? Felix goes, Chuck, he's going to be the best option. And then he goes back to the computer and starts typing some more. And then after sort of like a minute, he, he starts tapping a panel as though he's looking for something and then he pulls out like a thin flexible sort of microphone right but as though it just appeared out of the computer panel he's like we should um and then he just taps a few more buttons we should be able to let me just check the nut yeah this is the right one what about this and he hits call and you see the screen in front of you says calling chuck joy <laughs> followed by a small little ringtone the ringtone stops and you hear chuck's voice but the signal is is a bit broken and a bit hissy. Felix, in a slightly hurried tone, understanding that this, this connection might not last, he's like, Chuck, Chuck, can you hear me? Are you okay? You hear like a broken... Felix, Felix, can you hear me? We're coming, we're coming to rescue you. Yeah, yeah, it's me, I'm here, I'm okay, don't worry, I'm safe. I've got someone here helping me out. Listen, I found so much stuff. I don't know how much you can hear or how much you can get of this, but I'm in the Team Nightmare headquarters. It's here. It's in the city, in Sequoia. I'm in the tower now. There's there's so much that I've found, but Mallory and Professor Oka here. There's so many questions. I'm going to try and get out. I'm going to come and try and find you. Get as many people together as you can. I think we've got a good shot here. And then the signal just cuts out and the line just goes dead. And you just hear your dad go, oh, damn. I, I thought that should have worked. Sorry, kiddo. But at least he knows you're alive. Felix kind of slumps a little bit. His posture weakens and he goes, partially still in his mind, we say he's trying to work out if this is all a bit of a ploy and, you know, this guy's actually really working for Team Nightmare and he's just put everybody in danger or, or whatever. So he kind of takes a beat and goes, yeah, I hope he got that. I mean, I'm hoping he can listen or find us from that, but... I guess I did what I could. I mean, you seemed fairly good at getting that signal together. I don't know, it might be a bit risky, but is there any way we could cut comms out without causing a scene? So your dad looks up at you and he's just got like a, it's like a half-cocked smile and he opens his mouth to talk when the whole room just illuminates with like a blue light and you turn to look through the window and see that the large screen has suddenly illuminated it's no longer black with an n on it so you're looking through the window at the screen yeah and below you you notice a group of people enter from the metallic doors that you couldn't get through or you're assuming that's where they're entering from 
and you instantly recognise Sig, Freuder, Alec, Elizabeth, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Jesus. As they walk forwards and stand on the giant purple N imprinted on the floor. Shit. Two other grunts then drag forward a man and throw him on the ground in front of the other Team Nightmare Terrors. Your dad looks at you and with a finger to his lips, he pushes a button on the console and suddenly you can hear the sounds of the room below as the big screen flickers once more and shows the image of someone obscured by a long draping hood. All of the Team Nightmare members drop to one knee looking at the floor and then a deep, harsh sounding voice comes through the speakers and around both the rooms rise and everyone in the room below gets back to their feet you hear sig you summoned us master narciso you are correct sig but first status report so far everything has gone to plan and sig takes a big step forwards next to the thing that is lying next to them on the floor. The two young trainers have fought all three of the Reggies, and the information gained from the recordings on their Pokedexes have been invaluable. And you notice that the green screens that sit above the image of Narciso are suddenly showing clips of your battles against all three Reggies what the fuck? from your point of view. It seems so far that they are unaware that we've been watching them for a long time. Oh God. But we must be prepared in case this changes. So far we have three pieces of the stone tablet and we have teams searching the region for any signs of where the last piece might be. We've also made numerous advances in regards to the control braces. Dr. Mallory has become an unbelievable asset in our development in using the ore more effectively and paired with the knowledge of Pokemon from Professor Oak, our development of a stronger bracer has almost been accomplished. And then he still sort of walking side to side and he stops and looks back up at the screen. We've also been able to capture Felix and a video <laughs> plays on the screen with you stood in front of Chuck when the camera fills with purple smoke and within the smoke you see Blue carrying you on his shoulder into a crowd of people wearing long dark coats. The bastard. And the other boy. He was taken away by Looker before we could apprehend him. But I am in no doubt that he will try to rescue his friend and we have something planned for when he does. And the man on screen just takes a breath and says, Good. <laughs> now, what of the location of Cresselia? <gasps> and Sig still, Sig replies, So far the Pokemon known as Cresselia has eluded us. However, we think we have a lead. While working with the Aqua crew during the, his time in the Misty Islands, Alec came across tales of an island that sits between both the Yume and the Sinnoh regions. Sailors have called it Full Moon Island, and it's said that Cresselia often makes the island its home. We're dispatching a team to the nearby town of Port Nori to investigate, and Narciso nods under his hood. And Freuda, what of the excursion to Cinnabar? Oh. This time, Freuder steps forwards. Extremely successful, Master. Red managed to retrieve the sample and acquire the equipment we were missing from the old lab. These are all currently on their way to your location. Excellent. I eagerly await their arrival. Now, to a more pressing matter. Edmund. And everyone's eyes seem drawn to the man lying on the floor. And you notice that that man is 
Edmund. I have given you chance after chance to prove to me that you were worthy of your position in this organization and of your future position in the world we aim to create. Once we have removed the free will of all Pokemon, there will be many out there who will refuse our new regime. We will need strong leaders to prove to them that our way is the only way to avoid the alternative. But you, Edmund, you are not strong. You are not a leader. And I see that my trust in you was gravely misplaced. But I will rectify that. And as Edmund looks up at the big screen and gets to his knees, a hypno moves between the members of Team Nightmare, who seem to move aside to let it through before it stops behind Edmund, looking up at the screen. Do it! And the Hypno starts to swing its pendulum, and then a pink aura surrounds Edmund, lifting him off the floor. Huh? What are you doing? S stop this! Hypno, stop! And then there's a loud crack as Edmund's head just twists 180. <laughs> oh, shit! And he's looking back at the other Team Nightmare members. The pink glow fades, and Edmund just drops to the floor and doesn't move. Holy shit. Elizabeth, step forward. And without hesitation, Elizabeth steps in line with Sig and Freuder before dropping down onto one knee. Sig and Freuder have both made their faith in your abilities clear. Rise and take Edmund's place as a Team Nightmare Terror. Do not let me down. And as Elizabeth stands, you hear her say, Yes, Master. The screen flickers and goes back to showing a giant purple N, and the remaining members of Team Nightmare turn and head back in the direction they entered from. Shit. That was a lot of information and a lot of things happening. F yeah, Felix takes a beat, uh, and as you say, the room is just kind of silent as everybody seems to be just processing what they've seen, what they've heard. Obviously, unsurprisingly, as a 10-year-old, it's the first time that Felix has ever seen a man being killed so that's quite quite a shock it takes a bit of time for him to get that out of his head and that image and he knows that'll stay with him for a while but if anything it only steals his resolve that team nightmare need to be stopped if they're willing to just kill people and toss them by the side to get to their to get to their goal his thoughts quickly turn to the message he's just sent out to chuck and what he's just heard about them having a plan and he turns to his dad and goes chuck oh no they've said They've got a plan for him. I could have just set him up to walk into a trap. We need, we need to get out of here. I need to find him. Your dad, and you've noticed this now you've stopped talking, has got his hand on your shoulder and he's just stood behind you. And he's like, you're right, kiddo. I should have gotten you out of here straight away. They've got footage of you. Like how? This is crazy. I think I've, ugh, I've got a friend on the outside. He should be able to help us. And then without even thinking about it, he just says, come on. And he heads out the room. Felix doesn't immediately follow. He's still got all these thoughts and understandably so, he's still got a lot of trust issues, but he knows he's not going to get out of this alone. Seeing just this sheer amount of, you know, Team Nightmare grunts around and everything that's gone on, he knows he can't do this on his own. So he looks at Inky, comforted by his presence. Inky licks him on the face, wakes him up a little bit and then follows behind and exits the room. What you didn't realise was that behind you and Inky, Porygon Z was still there and knowing that you'd taken your time to like 
move. He'd like sort of got behind your head and he just got one fin up. <laughs> Ready to like give you a good little clout, but then you started to move, so he just like puts his fin down, and then just zooms out after you. <laughs> okay, so your dad's just gonna lead you all the way to the lift. And he, he make obviously making sure there's no team members and team nightmare members around. The corridor's empty. He gets straight to the lift and hits the keypad with the with his badge. The doors ping open straight away and you step inside. This time you realise that as well as floor twenty, you also see the floors one, ground, and underground two. Or U two. Okay. Your dad turns to you and just says, We're not gonna be able to go up there's only one way to really get you out of here and that's through the mine which means we've got to go to underground too it might not be easy but it's the safest option or at least i think it's the safest option felix has no other option really and just goes okay take us there you get in the lift you hit the button for you too <laughs> and you go all the way down to the bottom floor the lift comes to a stop and you hear the ping as the lift doors start to slide open your dad pokes his head out the doors and looks from side to side and then he turns back to you and crouches down to your eye level and he looks worried listen kiddo we're almost out of here when we leave the lift i need you to head left and stand on the yellow and gray platform act like you do it every day i'm going to activate the controls to the lift and then i'll come and join you you'll see two giant blast doors either side of the room before you get to the platform i need to get these shut before we head into the mine or they're only gonna follow us and then he sort of grabs your chin and he's like look at me do you understand felix kind of slaps his hand away and goes yeah got it straight to the lift okay so you step out of the lift and enter the largest room of the building that you've been in so far to your right directly out the lift is a flight of steps leading up to what looks like some kind of control center on the floor above and you can tell that because just like the room you were in it's overlooking this room with a large glass window. Okay. So it's much like the security room that you were just in. The right wall under it is stacked with blue shipping containers, orange crates and yellow boxes and then there's a giant yellow crane that sits between you and the far wall where there are three carts filled with brown and grey rocks sitting next to an L-shaped computer panel. Your dad nods at you and he heads straight to the L-shaped computer panel. To your left you see the large grey platform with diagonal yellow stripes across it at the far end of the warehouse-like room. Okay. Felix turns, nods at his dad, and then heads straight to the lift. So you walk past two five-foot-thick dark metal blast doors which go all the way from the floor to the ceiling like it's it's almost inconceivable how big these doors are and as you pass them you think like christ how how will they even shut completely in this room you make it to the platform and as you step onto it it bounces slowly as it takes your weight you turn to look for your dad and something catches your eye up above you and your stomach just turns and you feel the blood just leave your face as stood in the control room is sig freuder and elizabeth fuck me just staring at you elizabeth with her maniacal grin on her face and then suddenly there's a loud alarm and a red flashing light starts to spin around the ceiling on the room and you just hear a voice come from speakers intruder on underground two intruders and 
underground tomb and it just echoes around the room and you look towards your dad and you see that two team nightmare grunts just grab hold of him and each one pulling his arms back and then just slamming his face into this computer panel that he was stood behind felix does his best not to faint as you say the blood's just completely rushed from his body well completely flushed from his face stomach's gone starts to feel his knees buckle trying to fight the urge to engage and run and and try and you know he's seen these three terrors that are up there that you know him and chuck together have only just been able to beat on a number of occasions he doesn't he doesn't know necessarily what to do um well while you're frozen you hear a voice coming from the speakers that just says you should have stayed put boy you just hear sig's voice as he stares at you and you notice two more Team Nightmare grunts walking towards you. But as they get closer, they remove their coats. And the hairs on the back of your neck, which were already standing, are pretty much just jumping out of your skin. (laughs) As you recognise blue and red, both with Pokeballs in hand. fuck. You see two red flashes in front of you, and two familiar Pokemon appear. From Red's Pokeball, a small yellow Pokemon with red cheeks and a zigzag tail you instantly (laughs) recognise as Pikachu. But from Blue's Pokeball, with its large wings beating to keep it airborne, you look at the brown and cream feathered plumage and red and yellow crest of the Pokemon in front of you, as your feet all of a sudden seem really heavy. Sweat starts dripping down your brow, and you recognise the Pokemon that traumatized your childhood <laughs> as a Pidgeot and that's where we're going to finish the episode <laughs> oh you motherfucker shit well looks like the gang's back together but can they do anything to stop the approaching power of the two Kanto champions how are they going to get out of this one episode 50 dot 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 drops in two weeks on Feb 8th if you haven't already make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing And while you're subscribing, you can also join us on Discord to talk to Jack, Chris and myself, as well as lots of other fans of the pod about all things Pokemon and MDAD related. As always, thanks to Chris for doing the music, and thanks to you for listening. Right, that's enough from me. See you next time.